Well, hello again, listeners. This is Jamie L's Pause Face coming to you again with another word from the Lord um, that God has put on my heart to share with everyone. Um, I thank all of you guys for listening to the messages that I've recorded. Um, and I pray that they're a blessing to each and every one of you. Um, Merry Christmas to everyone out there and Happy New Year. Um, This year is over with already. I can't believe it. It just seems like it was just June and boom, it's just gone. But thank God that he brought us through to another year, you know. Okay, so this message that we're going to be um, talking about, this teaching, is... um, it's just one of the Christian prerequisites, you know, the things that marks a believer. Um, right now, you know, we see so many things that's going on. You know, the COVID numbers are kind of back up right now. We see, you know, like tornadoes in certain places, school shootings, um, all of these things that are happening right now. Um, and it could cause us to have so much fear in our heart, dread, anxiety, um, cause us not just to not trust people. Um, but as Christian, as Christians, we have to really choose faith and trust that God is leading us to do what he called us to do. And that, and that takes courage. That takes boldness. That takes love. That takes, um, reverence to God and trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to help us to navigate this evil, increasing evil, dark world, um, despite what's going on, you know? Um, so this really, really inspired me to um, want to teach about it and see the spiritual significance in it. So if I could have you guys, um, turn to Luke chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Luke chapter 10, and we're going to start at verse 25. A lot of people may be familiar with this story. They call it the parable of the Good Samaritan. A little backstory to um, Luke 10 um, is uh, Jesus sends out the 72 um, disciples um and Jesus is encouraging them you know he's giving them you know um power you know to uh cast out demons um and then they return back um telling Jesus all what they've done and um then Jesus talks to um talks to the disciples um telling them about, you know, um, the Holy Spirit um, and um, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit and in God doing because God, um, Jesus is doing um, God's faithful will. Um, then Jesus, um, if you go up to, um, if you go up to verse 13, that's where uh, Jesus is. Um, calling out all of the places, Tyre, Sidon, Capernaum, um, for their unrepentant sins. And it leads um, us into uh, verse 25, where um, we're going to begin right now. Okay, so you have your Bibles. We're going to turn to verse 25. And it says, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? So at these times, you know, Jesus was preaching the word, and it was all kinds of people that were there. You know, there was Jews, um, there was Pharisees, Sadducees, and, you know, they already was trying to look for a reason to, you know, they were constantly trying to put Jesus to the test. They were constantly trying to, um, you know, call out something that Jesus was doing wrong because he was already claiming to be, you know, 
like God and they thought he was blasphemous, but truly he is the son of God, you know, um, a lot of the Jews were more about, you know, keeping the law of Moses and, you know, to the T. The Pharisees were the same way. They were more, um, you know, similar to the Jews, but they um, they were more political um, with 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 the word, you know, and the Sadducees were the same. Um, so, yeah, you know, they they wanted to find a reason to curse Jesus um, and to stone him any way they can. So Jesus uh, has this conversation with this um, this lawyer and the lawyer is asking him a question where in verse 26, he says to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And then the lawyer answered, I mean, Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer said, um, okay, so I'm, I'm saying it backwards. Apologize, uh, guys. Okay. So, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 26. And then Jesus responds to him saying, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And then the lawyer said, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you have answered correctly. If you do this, you will live. But he justifying, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, um, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. OK, so I want to just backtrack. Let's go back up to. So. Jesus is Jesus is, um, you know, responding to this um, lawyer's response into who his neighbor is, which was a really good question, even though it was kind of ignorant for this lawyer to ask him that. But he, you know, the lawyers were, you know, very knowledgeable and intelligent at this, you know, time, you know, so um for them, he, you know, he, he, he wanted to try to find a way to see if we can, like I said, to catch Jesus in a lie. So, um, Jesus instead responds to him in a parable, which I'm really surprised that Jesus responded to, you know, a lawyer with the parable. Cause usually the parables were only for the disciples because he said that the, the parables were spiritually discerned and that other people wouldn't be able to understand it. But, um, I guess since he was such an intelligent, smart man, the Lord said, okay, well, I'm sure the lawyer would be able to understand this. So let's go back up and, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. Okay. No, not that. Let's go down. Let's go to verse 29. Let's start at verse 29. But he desiring to justify himself said, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down to Jerusalem. Where am I at? Oh, there we are. Okay. So a man was going down to Jerusalem. So when, when the first, when I first heard that, I'm like, he's going down to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was, you know, the place where, um, you know, where God's church is, you know, Jerusalem was God's chosen place. So he was going down to Jerusalem. To Jericho. So he was going down to Jerusalem from Jericho. Okay. And then 
This is a spiritual story now. Like, I mean, we can take this literally, literally, but these events like actually did not happen in scripture, like in real life, you know, but this is a story that Jesus always instructed and told the disciples to help them understand an even greater principle. So he said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. So Jericho was the opposite of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was God's church, you know, God, where God's people was and Jericho was a troublesome place you know lots of um it wasn't a good place you know it's people there idolatrous evil people and it says and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed leaving him half dead now by chance a priest was going down that road and when he saw that saw him he passed by on the other side so likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. Okay, I'm going to stop there. So let's go back up. Just bear with me, guys. I'm really trying to break it down because, like I said, this is a spiritual story with spiritual significance. And but also, you know, it's so many like meanings that God can reveal to us. But mainly he's responding to the question that the lawyer asked him is, who is my neighbor? So the man was going down. We know that there was a man that was going down um, from Jerusalem to Jericho. So the first thing that, that comes to mind is that this man was at a good place. Like he was on the path towards, you know, going to God to, to God's church, to God's home, you know, on God on the right path with God. But then he he left Jerusalem and he was going down the path to Jericho. So we know if you're going down the path to Jericho, that's the opposite direction from God's church. That's the opposite direction from that. So maybe this this person and in a spiritual sense wasn't saved yet, but maybe he was growing in Christ and I mean he was growing so far it says in his knowledge of Christ, but he hadn't accepted the Lord or maybe he was a believer and he kind of left, um, you know, the faith. And it reminds me of um, Jonah. Jonah, um, you know, was in the same place, you know, after he rejected God, he just started going on a more downward, downward, downward spiral away from the Lord. So. Up until he was actually in the belly of the fish for three days where he finally confessed to the Lord that, you know, he was going to follow him and be obedient. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the book of uh, the story of Jonah, but um, it's a very good um, lesson in that. OK, so he was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and some robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed. So we see these robbers coming, they see him and they literally beat him. And they left him half dead. They beat him, they stripped him of his clothes um, and they left him half dead. So when I think about half dead, I'm thinking like, okay, so that means that he must have been pretty beaten up for to just be half dead. Like he must have been literally barely alive. But in a spiritual sense, I think what he's saying is what, what the scripture is saying. What I know the scripture is saying is that this person had no spiritual life. That he was half dead because his human, physically he was alive, but he was spiritually dead. Amen. Okay, stay with me. Stay with me. Um, so he was um beaten and he was half dead. And so there was a priest. Just a second. We're in verse. So the people that stripped him and beat him, they left him. They're half dead. And then by chance, verse 31, it says, now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side of the road. Verse 20, 32, it says, so likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. 
but went but a Samaritan as he journeyed came to where he was and when he saw him he had compassion okay let's stop there let's go back up okay so just a second you guys know I always tell you I'm getting better and better organizational wise with this and you know by God's grace uh we're gonna do this did we did we pray we didn't even pray did we let's have a word of prayer um Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for um, this blessed uh, Christmas Eve, Lord, this message that you put on my heart, Lord. I just pray a blessing on every listener out there, Father God. I pray for their children. I pray, Father God, for um, restoration of their health and um, prosperity and in their finances and just spiritual blessings on them in every way, Lord. I pray for salvation and that they would come into the knowledge of knowing who you are, Father God. Um, I pray for the ones that do have a relationship without you, with you, um, out there, Lord. Um, I pray that their relationship is strengthened by, um, who you are, your word, my teachings, Father God. Um, these aren't just my teachings, Lord. These are the words that you put in my mouth to be able to bless other people, Lord. And it's just a privilege to be able to um, be your daughter, to be able to serve you, to be able to share um, your message with the entire world, Lord. I thank you for these blessed pr- platforms. Um, I pray, Father God, for um, deeper understanding of your holy word, Father God. I pray, Father God, um, for strength. Um, as, as a Christian walk, just strength for the saints, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for um, your protection and your grace. I invite you, Holy Spirit, at this time that we've um, already started <laughs> uh, studying your word, that you would help enlighten and give us more deeper understanding and that you would speak for us, Father God. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Yes, it's been a few months, so... Um, I forgot that we can't ever study the word of truth without praying first and letting the Lord, um, um, work through us. Amen. Okay. So we are in verse 32. Okay. So first thing I want to, want to, that I thought about too, or that I wanted to share I've thought about it. I meditate. I prayed about it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so likewise, a Levite. So we have a priest and a Levite that actually saw this man that was half dead. He was on the side of the world, the world, um, the road. And the first, they both went on the opposite side of the road away from um, this um, man that was half dead. Okay. Um Let's go back up again because it says, so it says by chance, a priest was going down that road. So the priest was going down the same path that this general, this, this man was going, which was towards Jerusalem, um, which was towards Jericho. So he was actually going down the wrong path. And spiritually, I'm thinking, okay, so he's not, um, going down the path of righteousness so he's going down the path of the the enemy amen and as christians um you know and people that and as christians that happens you know sometimes we do go down the wrong path but the lord does tell us that many are many times are are um the times that a righteous man will fall, but he will always uphold us with our his righteous right hand. He said we might fall seven times, but he will never let us slip through his fingers because we belong to him and he loves us and we can always come back home because he's the God of all compassion and sympathy and comfort. And um, he just will never leave us or forsake us or abandon us. Now the people that are coming to know Christ, coming to know the Lord, um, those are the people that, you know, we have to continue to pray for because they're sensitive to, you know, not really knowing, fully understanding the word of God. And it's easier for them to stray away because they believe this certain doctrine, they believe that. But, um, 
Great is the, is thy faithfulness that I have in the Lord to bring even them to completion because the people that God has chosen, um, and that's and that's literally the people that accept God. It's not just like God is saying, okay, I'm going to choose that person, that person, that person. Like he wants everyone to come into the knowledge and understanding um, of who he is and to repent of their sins, um, get salvation, and ultimately inherit the kingdom of God, which is our final resting place. Amen. Amen. So, you know, it's for everyone. It's for everyone. And I, I just wanted to 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 say that. Okay, so this this um priest was going down Jericho as well. Okay. And then it says that the Levite Okay, so it says, So likewise a Levite when he came to the place and saw him passed by on the other side as well. So we don't know if the Levite, it says likewise. So I'm guessing the, the Levite was also going down the path of to Jericho, which is a troublesome place. Um, so I just want to point out that, you know, as priests and the Levite at, the, at those times, they were respected as ministers. They were expected to help people. Um, if we... um. Yeah, so they were expected to help people. So, but Samaritan, it was a Samaritan man. Let's go back to where we were. A Samaritan man who was despised. Samaritans were despised by the Jews um, because they were half breed. They were half Jews and, um, you know, uh, a different uh, other, other, or sometimes they were multi. Um, breeded you know so but the um the jews didn't like them um so as he left so he came to the place and the samaritan saw this man came to where this beaten man was at and when he saw him he had compassion on him and then it says next he went to him and bound up his wounds pouring on oil and wine Okay, in the Bible, oil and wine represents the Holy Spirit. But wine in that time, in those ancient times, was also used for healing um, of like um, diseases and, you know, certain rashes and things of that nature. So um, what I got from it in a spiritual sense is that this man, not only this man in a spiritual sense, sent help since help this man to come to know God he restored him and then he healed him okay cuz cuz having a relationship with God coming to God isn't just you know relationship within itself isn't salvation within itself Jesus heals us Jesus strengthens us Jesus comforts us Jesus gives us his holy spirit that's promised to be with us to the day of redemption so in a spiritual sense he's saying the oil and wine which represents him coming his mind his heart being enlightened to have Jesus in his heart Amen. Okay, then it says, Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn. An inn was a place that in the ancient times where people would live in, well, not live in, but they would actually stay, you know, a night, a day because it was dark, you know, and at night. So they couldn't travel at night. Fortunately, they didn't have, you know, street lights and um, things like that then. So they would actually stay there. Um, you know, um, until whenever they were there for their long journey ahead that they had the next following day. And so he said he took him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii um, in scripture. I can't remember where, but in scripture, it says that one denarii was one day's away. So this person, the Samaritan paid him two days wages, um, um, yeah, two days uh, worth of wages and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Okay. So I just want to stop there. Um, 
So he not only so this 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 guy that was beaten, he put him up in a hotel. You know, that's basically that's what that was. He put this guy up in a hotel. He uh, patched up his wounds, put him on his own animal animal. It was probably like a camel or something like that in that time. <clears throat> Took him to an inn. Uh, spent two days wages of money, two days that this um, man that was um, injured stayed at this hotel. He paid the, the guy, the innkeeper to, to take care of him. He said, whatever else is, is left, whatever else that you need, I will pay you when I come back. So this Samaritan man and this innkeeper must have had a pretty good relationship because he trusted that he would be able to pay him back. The Samaritan was going to be able to pay him back for taking care of this man. Um, he says, and take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. You know, and it reminds me that as Christians, that we should be the innkeepers. We should be like the Samaritan, of course, as well, but we should be the innkeepers because remember, Jesus is responding to the question of this, um, this this lawyer of who is my neighbor this is this is this is the um epitome of what jesus is saying like what our neighbor is what how we should treat people by showing compassion and mercy we should be innkeepers for all of our neighbors the people that we con- con- come in contact with the people that are in our means um to help and even our enemies you know And then Jesus continues on. Let's go down. We're in verse 30. Verse 36, it says, which of these three people do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? Verse 37, he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to the lawyer, you go and do likewise. So not only was not only did the Samaritan, you know, be able to get to serve God. Right. Okay, so let's because let's just backtrack up. Let's go back up where the Samaritan. It says, um, so likewise, you know, a Levite, when he came to the place right now, I'm back at verse 30 just a second i'm at 32 so likewise a levite when he came to the place and saw this man he passed by on the other side it says verse 33 it says but a samaritan as he journeyed came to where he was and when he saw him he had compassion so to me, when I'm saying journeyed, I mean, he was traveling. I don't know if God, I believe that God placed him to be on this road between Jericho and Jerusalem because Jericho and Jerusalem wasn't but maybe like five, seven miles, I believe, away from each other, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I believe God strategically placed the Samaritan um, to be on this road, to be able to rescue and be a good neighbor to this man in need. You know, I don't know if he was coming back to Jerusalem or if he was just lingering on the road. It just said he was journeying, journeying. Uh, we don't really know, but, um, it reminds me, like I said, that we should be innkeepers as, as, um, disciples and servants of God, you know, um, we we know that there's God tells us that the homeless and um and the poor that we'll always have with us. So it's always an opportunity to be able to serve and to help others, to give to others. Um, but this world today is very desensitized. People aren't compassionate. People aren't merciful to other people. You know, people become so numb. The Bible says that people become so numb like fat. You know, meaning just feeling less, you know, um, so having a relationship with God, God helps us to make our heart soft as flesh so that we can be more compassionate and we can have the heart that he has to love on other people. And that's what this whole um, 
message is about for me. It reminds me as a Christian, you know, as a, as a saint that, you know, I'm never going to be perfect, but I always have an opportunity to be compassionate and to be merciful to my neighbors, even the people that aren't loving and kind to me that I can't, you know, try to, you know, give to them and expect anything from them. Because this man, this Samaritan who wasn't, who was looked down on, who was despised, um, who who was who was half breed you know people wouldn't have have expected that he would be a true believer that you know you would expect this levite and this priest to be you know the ones that helped them before because they had the most knowledge of god they had the most knowledge of the of of knowing god's law mosaic law but this samaritan man truly had a relationship with god you know, he met this man where he was at the same thing that Jesus does for us. He meets us where we're at. He helps us in our weaknesses. He strengthens us up. Even when we fall short, you know, we ask for forgiveness and we turn away from those sins and he strengthens us and he sees us, you know, when our hearts open or or moderately open or whatever, if we come to him, you know, then he empowers us um, every single time. You know, but as long as we stay away from him, as long as we journey downward, downward on a downward spiral away from God, the more hardened our heart is going to be. But the closer we are to God, the more open and loving we are to God. As Christian people, we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That doesn't mean that we're saints and that we're perfect. That doesn't mean that we don't sin. It doesn't mean that we, you know, are just the, like nuns or something, you know, um, it just means that we're traveling down towards the road to Jerusalem and trying to stay closer and closer to God, trying to be more and more holy, like Jesus is holy. And that is a lifelong process. Jesus is training us up for righteousness. You know, he's strengthening up our spiritual muscles, as I like to say, to help us to be more and more conformed like him. But it starts with us. It starts with being compassionate. It starts with being able to give of the things that God has given us and our means as good stewards to him. So if that's money, if it's our time, it's our resources, it's um me being able to talk on here, praise the Lord. You know, we have to be able to give and not be so connected to worldly possessions, worldly things. He says, don't build up your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but build up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not destroy, where thieves will not break in and steal. You know, so we, when we do things for people, this world is all about, um, you know, just you do for me, I do for you. And that's not real love. Real love is sacrifice. Real love is, I don't want, I don't want you to repay me back anything. Actually, I'm not even going to remember what I did for you. Well, maybe that's a little extreme. <laughs> you know, you definitely can remember something you've done for someone, you know, but it's, it's to the point of remembering it as, you know, as kind of blackmailing almost in a way, because like I said, as, as, God's children, we can't depend on other people to pay us back. Human beings will fail us, but God will never fail us. But our riches are stored up in heaven. God said, whatever you do for the least of the people, you are really doing it to me. So it's our, it's where our hearts aligned is like his. If our hearts are aligned like God's, then that's what really matters to him. It's not so much as, oh, you gave $5,000 as much as where your, was your heart and that given stance to give that amount of money. Amen. So I just want to encourage you guys, listeners out there this season. You know, this is we're in the season of giving. You know, the new year is approaching. Um, I just encourage the people out there that um, would be able to love on their neighbors, to be able to be show compassion um, and mercy to people that have deeply hurted us. You know, God, grace is undeserved favor. You know, it's giving people, you know, um, forgiveness for the things that they don't deserve. And mercy is 
forgetting about it. It's literally saying, you know, I'm just going to forget about the offense altogether. Praise the Lord. Um, so this uh, this story is has such spiritual significance because it reminds me to be compassionate. It reminds me to stay close to God and to always have a servant heart to be an even better innkeeper. Okay, so let's go to um, Mark. We're going to go down to um, Mark 10, 21. I'm sorry, Mark 10, 17. Mark 10. Okay, let's read. And it says, as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know, the commandments do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your mother and father. Verse 20. And he said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from a youth. Verse 21. And Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him so let's just stop there where it says looking at him and loved him jesus was showing compassion jesus was showing mercy to this man in that moment um that's 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 how we should be this is an example of how we should look at people how we should feel about people um it says uh He looked at him and said to him, you lack one thing, go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. So that's what I was just saying earlier. It's like, you know, it's not really about, you know, these things that we store up on earth. But he's telling this man that, you know, you're the biggest idol in your life is your money. It's not that you're not doing all of these different things and loving your parent, loving your parents and uh, honoring your parents and not bearing false witness. But the idol that you have that's separating you from me is this money that you have. So let's keep reading. It says in verse 22, disheartened by the saying, he went away painful and sorrowful and he had because he because he had great possessions verse 23 it says and jesus looked around and said to the disciples how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of god exclamation point so this was a firm you know statement that um jesus said it's in red letters so this is right from you know his mouth and you know it's it's something that a lot of people now struggle with people in the world struggle with wealth that separates them from you know coming to god it separates them from you know feeling like they need the lord because the comfort that they're getting is this money this security but these are the things that aren't not ever going to bring us happiness you know, we hear about a lot of the rich, you know, are constantly getting rich. They're constantly, you know, you know, they have everything that they need. But inside, they're miserable, poor and wretched, you know, meaning poor in this. And what I mean when I say poor is meaning that, you know, they're just bitter some, you know, they they don't have God, you know, to have God is to be rich, to be poor is to be without him. Um and and God has to bring us to our knees in order for us to have that heart stance of humility so that he can actually, the Holy Spirit, and, and, you know, can come in and actually start changing our hearts, start teaching us his ways and um, teaching us, you know, basically just enlightening us with who he is. Not so far as just... um trying to conform our ways but basically trying to teach us who he is and to re-enlighten us and help us to remember that we belong to him that he misses us he misses a relationship with us he misses the fellowship he misses being able to be a part of our lives to help 
us to go about our lives and um, have blessing, to have success, you know, to not be in a slave to sin, but to be reborn again by his spirit because his spirit it lives and moves and have our have his way in our being and helps us to live in a righteous life, a bold righteous life. You know, I know I've said my testimony and um you know, in different episodes I can't remember, but you know, when I came to Christ, I have not been the same since, you know. It's nothing more um fulfilling and purposeful knowing that I'm back in the grace of God and I know that he's leading my life and that he's guiding me as he should. Am I complying all the time? Do I still in my um sin state want to control things and want to have expectations and do things my way? Absolutely. But the the beauty in that is that once again God leads us back towards him. You know, he disciplines us with the rod of discipline and that brings us to our knees. And not only he teaches a, a, a lesson in that, but it helps grow our faith in him. You know, um, so many great things can come with having a relationship with God. So many great things can come with knowing that we have security in heaven, that we have a God that protects us, that has a strong tower and that rejoices over us with singing that shakes the whole foundations of the earth you know that nothing in all creation that could ever separate us from god not principalities not powers not anything in all creations um okay so i'll just have one more scripture guys we're gonna jump to okay let's actually go to Um, let's go to Matthew 3.10. Matthew. Where am I at? Okay. Actually, let's go up to, um... We're going to go up to Yeah, let's just go to verse 10. I was going to say let's go up to verse 9. Um, yeah, let's go up to verse eight. Let's start there. Okay. So, so this is, um, John the Baptist, John the Baptist, um, for prepared the way for Jesus, you know, in the wilderness, he baptized people with water. Um, but he prepared the way because he knew Jesus was coming into the world by the will of God to die for the sins of the people. And then after Jesus, you know, dies and he resurrects and he goes and sit at the hand of God, then he sends the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the is what baptizes us. The Holy He sends the Holy Spirit to baptize us. Um and the Holy Spirit stays with us for eternity. So we need both of these two because both of these two um is a part of salvation. But the Holy Spirit is the seal that Jesus gives us that we belong to him. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. So um, at this time, there was a lot of people that was coming to John to get baptized and Pharisees and the Sadducees were, you know, came to him and was saying that, um, you know, basically he had no right to baptize. Um, and then John told him that he they were brood of vipers. And he said, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And then verse eight it says but bear fruit in keeping with repentance so he's telling them that you know you can do everything that's in the law but you don't have a repentant heart you know okay so then verse nine it says and do not presume to say to yourselves we have abraham as our father for i tell you god is able from these stones to raise up abraham raise up children for abraham 
So he's basically saying God can do everything. You know, it's nothing that he can't do. Um, and then it says um, in verse 10, where where we actually, my point of where I'm actually trying to go to, it says, even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you. His winnowing, yeah, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will leave and will burn with the unquenchable fire. Okay, let's go back to up to 11. So this ties into what we're talking about. So he's saying that, um, you know, if you're if you're not going to be obedient to God, you know, God is going to literally cut us off and will ultimately reap death, just like the Levite and just like the priest, you know, they were going down to Jericho and that's ultimately destruction that's spiritually saying okay if you're not going to god then you're going to destruction so ultimately that that is our last that that would if we if we're not going god's way then that means we're taking um the enemy's route and that ultimately leads to destruction and death and all and and the punishment for that is um everlasting fire you know and hades so he's saying, you know, I baptize you with repentance, but Jesus is coming, you know, whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Um, remember, Jesus and John were cousins, you know. Um, I'm not sure. I think they were maybe uh, he was maybe a year or nine months apart from each other. Um, but Jesus um, sent John to bear witness about him, you know, before his ministry was started, had started. Um, so I'm just, um, you know, I'm not saying this to, um, the same thing with the weed and the chaff, the chaff actually looks like wheat, but when it sprouts up together and it's fully grown, you can see the difference between the wheat and the chaff. So it's actually a parable in the Bible that talks about, um, you know, how, you know, the enemy can, can, can resemble and try to look like it's wheat, but really you can actually tell if it's grown out together, you know, and then it says God will gather the chafe and he'll burn it to everlasting fire and then he'll gather up the wheat and he'll bring that into everlasting life. Amen. So like I said, it's not to put fear into anyone's heart about, you know, going to hell, but it's just to say to keep in with mercy, keep in with compassion, to let the Lord rule your life. You know, that's that's the best thing, especially in this world right now. We all need hope. We all need more love in our hearts, more in our lives. And God is the way God is so desperate to have a relationship with all his people to the point that he's jealous and he has just great anger and wrath stored up because of sin coming into the world and taking us away from him. He wants that restored relationships. He wants to heal what's broken in each and every one of the of you guys' lives out there. You know, and only he can do it. You know, so I, I, on this, you know, no, I'm just going to end it here. And, you know, we're going to just have a word of prayer and really, um, you know, just just thankful for the Lord's his his um his grace, his mercy every day. Thank God for um, Jesus birth around this time of the year. I thank God for um, the Holy Spirit coming and and dwelling in us that will be with us and also live with us i thank god for the holy spirit that is touching the lives of people that um aren't believers but that are helping them to grow closer to him i just pray father god right now for those people's hearts lord i pray that you open up their hearts to accept who you are lord I pray, Father, you banish Satan and his demons from having any access to their minds, to their hearts, to their families. 
Father God, I just pray for blessings on on blessings to come into their lives, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would give them hearts of compassion, hearts of mercy, Father God. You tell us that you rain down blessings on the righteous and the unrighteous. You send rain on the blessed and the unblessed, Father God. We just thank you, Father God, for your um, love and for showing no partiality to all of your children, Lord. Father, we pray for the new believers in the faith, Father. We pray that you help them to keep in step with your word, Lord. We pray, Father God, any false prophecies, anything like that, Lord, we pray that your word would reign powerfully in their minds, in their hearts, Lord, that they would be able to fight back the, those lies, Father God, with your word, Father. Thank you, Father God, that your word is so ancient, but just rings so true today, Father, Lord. You can do all and you are in all, Lord. We just give you glory. We give you praise, Father God, for this day. We just thank you. Hallelujah to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you, Jesus, for your intercession at the right hand of God. Thank you for helping us to get it right in the maturity from one degree to one degree to another, Lord. We just give you praise this day. Father God, I just pray that in the new year that you will help me to be much more consistent in these teachings and these revelations that you've given me, Father. Pray that you help me to have a tighter schedule, Lord. You know, it's been so many things that's taken my attention away. But I just pray, Father God, for consistency, for motivation to be on a set schedule, Lord, so I can talk about your word, Lord, which is such a passion of mine to be on here, Father. Thank you, Father God for your mercy and compassion that you have on us, Lord. Even when we are faithless, Lord, you are faithful. Thank you for bringing us to completion, Lord. Thank you for the times that we don't get it right, Father, but the things that you're just teaching us every time that we're in your holy word, Lord. We want to be better innkeepers, Lord. We want to be just like the Samaritan, Lord, and to help those who are in need, Lord. We pray, Father God, that you would give us hearts of flesh, Lord, and that your joy will reign deeply in us, Lord. We know that it's things of this world that takes our attention away and we try to feel those things in our hearts. And they don't and they don't fill us. They don't suffice. But your word does your comfort does your truth does. And that's what we're truly yearning for, Father God, your everlasting water. We just thank you, Father God, that we can have you without measure, Father God, because you are immortal and you are eternal, Lord, and everlasting. I just praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listeners, um, that's that's the concludes this lesson. Um, I wish you guys once again a Merry Christmas, um, and I hope to come on here soon. I'm going to try to record one more uh, blessed message. Just because it's the holiday season. Um, But, um, you know, I thank you guys for being a blessing by listening to my messages. And um, I just pray blessings on you guys in Jesus name. Once again, amen. Bye.